Um, so welcome to summer. If you are a high school senior, this is your first time here. Summers are going to look different than the fall and the spring. Fall and the spring, we're going to try to like pack out this whole room. And during summer, we had about 30. <laughs> and that's awesome. Which, what that allows us to do is that allows us to go deeper on one topic. That allows us to go deeper into a different um, level of friendship, like getting to know the person next to you a little bit more. And so the, one of the most crucial things that we're going to do all summer is this, but it's also Monday nights. And so Monday nights, like Melina already kind of said, are at our house. About 10 of y'all were there last week, and y'all were awesome. We roasted hot dogs and figured out how far my dog's uh, shock collar works. And um, it's good. <laughs> it's a fun time. And I actually have no idea what the girls did. That was just what we did. And um, the girls probably like inside painted their nails or something. And uh, they all did have a Nerf gun work. Yeah. Very well done. Um, and so that happens every Monday night at our house. If you've never been to our house, the person next to you can tell you how to get there. Um, or the person on the other side of you can tell you how to get there. Or I can tell you how to get there. Um, if you can walk to the stadium, you can walk to our house. That's what we always say. Like if you're living on campus, if you can walk to the stadium, you can walk to our house. Um, so in our house, just so you guys know, it's not just a place that we meet on Monday nights. It's an open door for y'all all summer. You want to come eat a meal at our house? Don't even ask if you can come over. Just text us and say, I'm on my way. You're welcome to be there. Um, if you want to come watch a movie at my house, we might be busy, but come on over. <laughs> and if I'm not busy, I'll sit down and watch it with you. Um, we just, our home can just be a safe haven for you guys. And I mean that is if you're a, a freshman in this room, we totally mean that, just so everyone knows. Um, but as I began to really ask the Lord what he wanted us to talk about, and I kind of like gave this already to y'all some this past uh, Monday. As I asked him, what are we going to talk about this summer? He just highlighted prayer. And the idea of growing in prayer and the idea of deepening our relationship in prayer, um, I just couldn't get out of my mind. And and then I began to realize that so much of what um, culture deems as spiritual maturity, it's actually a false um, definition of spiritual maturity. We have learned to define spiritual maturity as spiritual knowledge. As a person is mature in Christ when they have read a lot of good books about God. Or they're mature in Christ when, like, when you walk into their house and they, they look like a Christian. Like, you know, they got all those, like, social home decor, like they've been to Thumpers a lot. And, like, and I just think that's not spiritual maturity. Um, spiritual maturity is not marked in, like, how much Bible trivia you guys know. We, growing up, we had these Bible trivia games in my house. And I was, like, pretty cocky as a little kid. And um, and so, like, I'd pull out one of them and be like, I got this. And it was like, name the third king in Numbers 14. And I'd be like, Phew. and, and, like, it gave you three options. And you're like, hey, either one of those could be. I have Lord of the Rings or the real answer. I have no idea. And so, like, if Bible trivia is the answer to spiritual maturity, that that game taught me very quickly I will not ever get there. Um, and so I don't think knowledge of the Bible, I don't think just knowing intellectual facts about God is spiritual maturity at all. Uh, but I think in our brain, we have to be careful because we've hardwired that in. I know about God. And think about the, the, the juicy details at church that you like want to write down. If someone's preaching and they're like, actually, the Greek says this. And you're like, ooh, let me write this down. It's a cool fact. Cool, interesting fact about God. Or you're going you're gonna to write things down that are like more knowledge-based. And while those are good, please hear me say, those are good. Go home, study. Like you should have plenty of time where you are studying the scripture, learning it intellectually. 
That is so important. But we've just taken that and said, that's what it means to know Christ fully. And we said, like, man, that's it. That's the, that is it. And you have teachers who have taken this stance and said, man, what it means to know Christ is to know him intellectually and, and go, go for it. The pursuit of God is an intellectual pursuit. And yes, it changes your life, but it is an intellectual pursuit. And I just am so burdened by that. Um, because even if we may not sit here and say, yeah, that's definitely me. Like, I can kind of say, like, I was raised that way. Like, that's part of my upbringing was that. Um, and that's just, I'm so burdened by it because the whole idea of experiencing a relationship with God, walking with God, like Adam walks with God in the garden, listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, talking with the Holy Spirit, living a life empowered by the Spirit to change people's lives. Um, that's so different than what I just described. On one hand, you have an incredibly intellectual person who's incredibly moral. And on the other hand, you have a person who's learning the Bible. You know, he's devoted to the Bible. He's devoted to understanding the Scripture. But he's all about walking with Jesus. And I just want us to be people that are about walking with Jesus. And God just, man, put this in my heart. So why are we spending all summer on prayer? Because we got to walk with Jesus. And, and, I, and I'm not going to be someone who just intellectually knows about God. And I'm not going to be someone that says, like, the only thing that really matters at church is I'm going to come to church and I hope you give me something I haven't actually heard before. Uh, give me some new knowledge, some new information I've never heard before. That's what I'm hoping to get. And I'm not going to intellectually pursue God as my main focus. I'm going to say, all right, God, I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be relational with you. And the way I do that is through prayer. And so we're going to look at what the Bible says about prayer. And so from now until the fall, every Sunday, every Monday, it's going to be about prayer. Um, man, and I just think it's going to be so beneficial. Now, this is one of those things that if you want, you can come to every single thing that we do. You can learn about prayer and it, you cannot change your life at all about it. You cannot give it room. You cannot give God room into your life to completely mold and shape what you think about God, what you think about what it means to be relational with God. You can not give God space to actually create experiences that you draw back on your relationship with. Like, think about your best friend for a second. There was some moment when y'all became best friends, right? Like, it was a road trip. It was a late night with s'mores. It was up playing video games. Like, there was some moment that your best friend became your best friend. And you, when, you, when people ask you, like, man, why am I Noah's friend? Well, I can be like, well, let me actually take you back to the first time we met. Or let me take you back to this key thing that we did that was fun. Like, for Noah, I can say I met him at Pancakes by Surfing Steve. And then I can say, and we had a lot of fun camping one time. So, like, like I can take back on those experiences and I can say why I have that relationship with him. And for the people that are just intellectually knowing God, they can't go back on those experiences and say, man, this is why I know God. And here, and they, I know God here as well. Um, and I think that God has given us an opportunity to create those experiences this summer. And now that might be a stretch for some of you guys. Um, but what I, I'm encouraging us to do, and I'm saying like, man, what if we're just open to God wanting to do that this summer? To create some like staple experiences in our life. Now, please hear me say, I'm not just saying just walk around experiencing God is the only thing that matters. We should learn about God. We should be ones who study scripture. We should be ones that, that know theology. But our theology and knowing God should intertwine. And that should always be the case here. 
So that's just kind of like been my, um, that's really been my goal. Um, in Philippians 3, you don't necessarily have to go there. It's going to be on the screen. Just read it with me real quick. So Philippians 3, Paul says this, and this is actually how we started the semester off, well, the spring semester off. He says, I count everything as lost because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. We talked a lot about rubbish, meaning dog poop. Um, but he said, I count everything as lost so I can know Christ. What is the bottom line in all of life? It's knowing Christ. He says, I count everything as lost so that I can gain Christ. So the word gain there means to, um, possible translation is that you gain favor with the Lord or you gain fellowship with the Lord. Now, fellowship is totally a Christian word. I get it. But you gain fellowship with God. You gain community with God. You gain relationship with God. And I'm like, that's what I'm about. I count everything as lost so that I can be in relationship with God. So I can be relational with God. And I'm saying, man, that's what I, that's what I want to be about. That's what I just got so burdened by. And so each week we're going to look at a different element of prayer. Um, each week we're going to essentially walk through, um, we're going to look at talk this in a second, but essentially kind of like a, a summer class, if you want to say, with the Lord on prayer. And we're t- looking at different elements in prayer. And so on Monday nights, we're going to reflect on some of the things that we talked about here today. So Sundays will be more teaching. Mondays will be more reflective. Melina and I will kind of break the guys and girls up into groups and lead those discussions along with our ABs. Um, but furthermore, do you guys ever, how many of you like grew up in an old school like Baptist church? Anybody grew up in an old school Baptist church? All right, Perfect. Awesome. Jody, he like grew up here. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> Good Calvary, yeah. Um, so in an old school Baptist church, they had these things on Wednesday nights. And they were called prayer meetings. And what they were is that, you know, everyone came in and all they did on Wednesdays is that they gathered together and they prayed. Now, sometimes that turned into like, well, my granny's got a cousin who knows a guy who has cancer. And let's pray for him. Thank you. We definitely will pray for him. But it became like this weird list of things to pray for. Um, but the, be- the beauty that Winston night prayer meetings have is that on Sundays, the pastor taught you the Bible. That on Wednesdays, y'all met together and met with God as a community. That's still like, maybe they had something right. Like we make fun of them because they're like old school Baptists. Like they're fun and we love it and they, all those things. But at the same time, I just couldn't get this idea of a prayer meeting out of my head. Um, now, I'm also totally aware that prayer meeting sounds incredibly old school and, and traditional. But there's just the concept of, of studying the scripture together, but then experiencing God together. And how those have to be joined together. How they have to be married together. And I thought, man, we need to do that. And so, once a month in our life groups, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And we're just going to spend time in prayer together. And... Um, Melina and I are looking at, like, what else does that look like? How can we spend time in prayer? And we have some ideas, and um, we might share some of that later with you guys. But just we want to experience God together, be relational with God together. And so that's kind of like the challenge I'm throwing out before we even begin the lesson today. Is just say, okay, are we open to the idea of being relational with God this summer? And are we giving Him room in our life to essentially create some memories with God? Um, and I also want to tell you that this isn't just something that I feel like I or Melina have mastered, um, or even are great at. Um, this is something that I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. I am just asking God to walk me through. God, teach me what this looks like. Um, 
just the other day, I'm praying, Lord, increase this in my life. Because this is something I need to grow in. Um, so this isn't, I, I, I'm teaching this from a spirit of, I'm still learning this, and I'm encouraging you to come on this journey with me. That's exactly how I'm approaching this. Um, and so I would just love for y'all to do that with me. So with that being said, I feel like we need to define the word prayer. Um, so I actually, um, I do, I know I just made fun of looking at up at Greek, but I do look at Greek. And uh, when you define the word prayer in Greek, it, it comes out to a definition of to pray. And I thought, man, that was really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so what that told, tells me, though, is that prayer isn't necessarily something that's defined in Scripture like by that word. But prayer is something that you define based upon how the Bible uses it. How do we like look at how the Bible says the word prayer um, and contextually and understand prayer? And so there's a lot of different opinions about prayer. Um, I just kind of want to share a few things to kind of kick us off with how prayer is. The first one, this one, if you guys are taking notes, you can guys jot these down. If you're not taking notes, hey, that's cool. Do your thing. Um, I want to encourage you to remember the things that would change your life. Remember the things that you think God's speaking. And so for you, if that's just write a little note on your phone, go for it. If you want to bring a journal, go for it. Uh, I'm a journal guy, and so when you'll see me on Sunday mornings when Kendall's speaking, I got my little black journal out, and apparently I only use one pen. Melina makes fun of me, but I will just, I'll write down my notes, and I, I, I want to write it down. So when I think about prayer, the easiest one is that it's a two-way communication with the Lord, right? And now you can kind of get hung up here on the vernacular some people might say, well, when God speaks to you, it's actually not prayer. It's more of a revelation. And they might have a foothold here. But for the basic understanding of prayer, let's just establish that it's two-way communication. Um, if we want to establish prayer as the communication between God and man, then, um, sorry, man and God, um, then we can obviously define it that way. So prayer is a two-way communication between man and God. Another thing that I've kind of realized about as I studied scripture, um, and first of all, why do I see UA communication with God? Well, I see God communicate with you know, humanity all the time in the scripture. Like, all the time. God used it through prophets. God revealed himself through prophets. God revealed himself through the Holy Spirit. God spoke uh, from a mountain. We talked about Sinai all of last semester. And God speaks from visions. God speaks from dreams. Um, God speaks um, from the Holy Spirit. God is speaking God. Um, and another thing was that I see man speaking to God, the book of Psalms, <laughs> all of man speaking to God. Um, you see prayers in the old Testament all the time directed to God. You see songs directed to God. And okay, let's just, let's, let's just jumble all of that together and call that prayer. All right. Um, and then another thing I see in scripture is that prayer is a constant state to live in. Um, and so we, we get that from the verse in Paul when, when Paul says, um, he says, pray without ceasing. Without ceasing means to never stop. Um, if I were to say, walk without ceasing, you would never sit down. Um, the best way to think about that is um, breathe without ceasing. You're never going to go anywhere where you're not breathing. Unless you intentionally decide to hold your breath and pass out or something, like you're underwater. But you're, so when he says pray without ceasing, that says that prayer is a continual state to live in. We're going to look at that, what that looks like in a couple weeks. Um, the cool thing about prayer is that prayer is nonverbal and verbal. So prayer is something that you can obviously say in your head. Like, 
okay, God, I just want to kind of, God, let's talk about this. Uh, my prayers in my head are always a little bit more informal. Anybody else? Like when you pray out loud, they're always a bit more formal. But inside your head, you're like, what's, hey, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> um, or, uh, yeah, I always can kind of form my words a little better whenever I do speak out loud, though. I don't know if anyone else kind of agrees with that. And so prayer is nonverbal and verbal. But I also think prayer is, and this is something that's pretty cool. I think prayer happens in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. So whenever we pray, I, it physically happens because you can hear words coming, right? If I'm praying out loud, you're hearing my prayer. But it also takes place in the spiritual realm because we are communicating with God. There's communication with God who is, who is spirit. And so as we are communicating with, with a being that is spirit, where prayer transcends both the physical and the spiritual realm. Now, that's kind of one of those facts that you can just say, man, cool, learn a new fact at church. Um, but it also is kind of mind-blowing for me that our prayers, while they're heard by other men, also reach the ears of God who's spirit, who is in the spiritual realm. Um, so another thing that I kind of have about prayer, um, and we already mentioned it earlier, it's just fellowship with God. It's just relationship with God. I was talking, not, that's not true at all. I was listening uh, to a sermon, and uh, Tony Evans, I got on a real big kick. I'm not like a, a famous pastor guy, like I go home and listen to all these famous pastors. That, that's not me. Uh, but for some reason, I started listening to Tony Evans, and he says it this way. He says, prayer's the heart of a child interacting with the heart of a dad. And I thought that was very profound. Um, prayer's the heart of a child interacting with the heart of a dad. It's... It's your deepest childhood uh, desires, wants, um, interacting with the heart of the Father. And um, I, I think I'm going to learn a lot about that as Owen grows up and as our second baby. <laughs> uh, shocker. But we, uh, as that, and I'm, like, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, seeing, I can, already t- I can already see some. Uh, like when, when my child walks into a room. Uh, I'm just happy to see him. Or like when he falls down, I have no problem picking him up. <laughs> like it's not hard at all. And um, unless he, well, he's 50 pounds, but um, he's not 50 pounds. But no, he's 25. He's 25 pounds. Um, the, so John Piper describes prayer like this. He says, prayers intentionally conveying a message to God. I love that. It's intentional. There's intentionality of conveying a message to God. So if that's prayer... Right? Um, you could just say, well, uh, John, without really quoting a lot of scripture, you just gave a decent uh, explanation of prayer. Why are we spending another 13 weeks on it? <laughs> because as we're going to see here, and we're going to look at an, a story where the disciples actually asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, we see that prayer is something that we learn. Um, it's, and it, so it's something that is taught to us which is fundamental here. Prayer is learned. Um, and on behalf of that, you learn prayer, not by intellectual uh, knowledge, but you learn prayer by practice. Um, I, it's, there are so many things in life you learn by practice more than knowledge. Right? I'm going to learn to cook by practicing. I'm going to learn how to lift, uh, do a certain lift a certain way by practicing. Right? Not just by knowledge. And so, this is one of those things. So let's go to Luke 11. Let's go to Luke 11. 
I spilled some water in my Bible this past week, and so my Bible automatically opens up to Luke 11 now. So that's handy. <laughs> um, yeah, that was totally incidental. <laughs> Luke 11. All right, Luke is one of the Gospels, and are we all good? are we doing good? Everyone smiling? We're having fun. All right, good, awesome, awesome. Okay, so Luke 11. Uh, if you don't have your scripture, it'll be on the screen today. Um, man, we're going to start off here. I want you to look at what the disciples say to Jesus and what happens. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to come back and break it down a little bit further. Okay? So here we go. Luke 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Now you might notice that that, uh, that the Lord's Prayer as given in this passage is a little different than what you memorized the one you've memorized is in Matthew. We're going to get to that one in a second. Um, which is awesome. I love how the Gospels give different perspectives on the conversations. Uh, like in Matthew, it doesn't say that the, the disciples ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, but let's go back to that. Th- let's stop and think about that thought here. So when the disciples, they're meeting around Jesus. So Jesus had just prayed. And the disciples kind of were watching him pray. And then he finishes praying. And they say, hey, God, um, will you teach us to pray? And he said, they, they say, they clarify it, just like John the Baptist taught his disciples. So from that, we can infer that John the Baptist, we know that he had followers. We know that he has disciples. And we also know that he encouraged his followers to leave him to go follow Jesus. In John 3, 3, he says that he must increase and I must decrease. He's encouraging people to leave following John himself and go follow Jesus. But he did have followers. He did have disciples. And so he taught them how to pray. I love that. That means, once again, prayer is taught. Prayer is meant to be learned. So that's, that's the fundamental thing about prayer here, is that prayer is always learned. Prayer is taught. It's something that might come natural to us, but we need teaching to it. Imagine if you are a natural athlete, but no one ever taught you your sport. You're just naturally gifted at basketball, naturally gifted at football. You can be the best quarterback in the, in the nation, but no one actually sat down and said, man, you have this ability. Let me teach you how to use it. So I want us to think of ourselves like that. We're like that raw athlete who's coming into high school, coming into college with just this ability, right? I'm an, I, could, I could be an incredible, or you're a painter. You, have, you just have an incredible ability, but no one's ever taught you how to paint. You just have a knack for playing guitar, but no one's ever like taught you how to play it. You feel like you have this ability. And I feel like that's what we are right now. We have this natural ability to t- communicate with the Father. And we need a teacher to say, let me, let me kind of show you how, how it's done. Let me show you what that looks like. Um, and so prayer is learned. When the disciples say, say they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, I, I wonder if the disciples saw the ministry that God was doing, that Jesus was doing, and they said, man, that must have something to do with how much time he spends in prayer. Uh, more than how much time. It must have just have something to do with his prayers. 
So Jesus' prayers and Jesus' ministry must be connected. I wonder if the disciples thought that. I wonder if they got to that conclusion. So this is a side note. Man, we're all about seeing God move on campus. And some of y'all are in spheres of influences where you're begging God to move. And I wonder if there's some sort of correlation with our, our inward prayer, our inward time with the Lord, and the outward ministry that God's doing in our lives. Now, I think that's, I think that's really profound here. That's something that's pushing me, just, just for y'all. Is there, is Malina, for Melina and I, this is personal, is there something about our inward prayer that's changing y'all's lives? And I, I think there's a correlation. I think there's a direct correlation. But he said, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. So the disciples who have spent every minute of every day, pretty much, with Jesus, they're still asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. Then surely we have every right to ask Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray. So if they're walking with him, seeing him live day by day, visually seeing, hearing him speak, and they're asking him, then surely we can also ask him. Um, But notice what they didn't ask. They didn't say, Jesus, uh, teach me how to preach. Teach me how to gain more followers. Uh, Teach me how uh, how to heal people. They didn't say, Lord, teach me how to study the scripture. Um, Teach me how to share the gospel. Uh, Teach me how to run a dynamic ministry. Teach me how to love my wife. Teach me how to to gain influential friends. They didn't say that. And that really blows my mind. I'll just be honest. It does. Because of all the things I could have said, God, teach me this. They said prayer. See, prayer is just something we overlook. Um, prayer is just a dynamic part of Jesus' life that we just don't want to have anything to do with, kind of, sometimes. Um, that's a little blunt there. Um, but prayer is just one of those things that we forget about. Um, we're, we're, we're running. We're just doing our thing. We're like, God, I love you. You're wonderful. And we're doing things for God. We're trying to live the life he's asked us to live. Um, and God's saying, like, man, there's, there's, there's a connection. There's a connection be- between prayer, the inward, and the outward. There's always a connection. And the disciples saw that. Instead of saying, God, teach me how to pray. They say, they say, Lord, teach me how to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach me how to preach. Which would, let's remember who the disciples were. They were normal guys who had no training. And you know what? Teach me how to preach probably wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to do. Because, like, they were fishermen. I don't know how many fishermen pastors there are. And, uh, you know, and... It would make sense, but they say, Lord, teach me to pray. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, So, if Jesus was their teacher, that means that Jesus taught them how to pray. What is the first thing he does? He doesn't set up a seminar and he says, okay, let me tell you all these things about prayer. (laughs) Let me tell you everything about prayer. Here's the 100 points you need to know about prayer. Write them down in your journal. Memorize these. These will change your life. What does he do? He prays for them. Prayer is learned learned by application. So if, let's just just track with me here. If Jesus was the disciples' teacher, and then Jesus told them, he says, I must leave you, later on, as he's getting close to his death, he goes, I must leave you so that something greater can come, so the Holy Spirit can come 
And he will teach you all things, and he will guide you into all truth, and he will bring to remembrance of things. Let's look at that. John 14, 26. Um, it's going to be up on the screen. Let's just go here on the screen. All right. It's just quicker here. So um, he says, Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring in your remembrance all that I've said to you. Okay, so if Jesus taught the disciples, when Jesus leaves, he gives the Holy Spirit. Now that Holy Spirit is meant to take the same role, make this, is to take the same place in the disciples' lives as Jesus. Now, the disciples grew and grew and grew and grew in Pentecost. And eventually, voila, here we are, right? It's like a lot of steps, <laughs> but here we are. So the Holy Spirit's role in our life is to reflect Jesus' role in the disciples' lives. Okay, are we tracking here? So the Holy Spirit's role in our life is to def- reflect the role that Jesus played in the lives of the disciples. So if Jesus taught them how to pray, then we see that the Holy Spirit is to teach us how to pray. Now, why do I know that? It says that the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things. Is all things including prayer? Yes. Okay. So, we also know that the Holy Spirit, for the disciples, reminded the disciples of the things that Jesus had said. A a lot of that for us is Scripture. The Holy Spirit teaches us through Scripture to remind us the things that Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit also teaches us through special revelation, where he is speaking directly to us. So, he's teaching us about prayer. In other words, we are in a class... And the Holy Spirit's our teacher, and we're the students. And the subject is prayer one-on-one. Okay? And so in other words, we're like, by saying, all right, God, teach me how to pray. If we're joining in with what the disciple is saying, we're essentially enrolling ourselves. So I'm like, well, my SFA, we're enrolling. And we're saying, I'm enrolling myself into the school of prayer. And that idea... I want you to just think about that idea. That's language that I'm going to use here. But that idea challenges me. That I'm in a school, I'm in a class directed towards prayer with Christ. And he's my teacher. And so if, I, if I'm, have, I just got challenged. Have I ever asked God to teach me how to pray? Or if I just woke up one morning saying, I got this, baby. Or if I said, God, will you teach me how to pray? If prayer is learned, will you teach me how to pray? Um, and so God, will you, I think that's our first step here is God, will you teach us how to pray? Um, I'm really challenged. I've been reading this book. Um, Andrew Murray wrote it. He's a awesome dude. It's called with Christ in the school of prayer. It makes sense there. Um, I'd encourage you if if y'all want to really go deeper more, we're going to look at a quote in that book here in a second, but that book has really, um, challenged me in, in some of this, um, and once again, reading books isn't spirituality, but it can push you into a deeper experience, deeper relationship with God. So, have we ever asked the Holy Spirit to teach us? Now, let's just think about this. Is God going to say yes to this? <laughs> Absolutely. Can you imagine God saying, no, actually, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I prefer not. That's not his nature. It's not his character. He's going to say yes. Absolutely. What are the things he's going to use? He's going to use his word. He's going to speak to you directly through his Holy Spirit. He's going to use people in your lives. And he's going to use nature. And the reason I know he's going to use nature is because it's in the Bible. I'm learning and basing this off the word of God. Um, 
There's a quote. Let's read it. Andrew Murray puts it this way. Um, this is kind of, this is a long quote. All right, so can we all just take a deep breath? All right, and now we're just going to like hunker down. And I even put it on the board so you don't have to listen to me just read for a while. You're welcome. All right. Um, he says, Lord, teach us to pray. Yes, we feel the need now of being taught to pray. At first, there is no work that appears so simple. Later on, none that's more difficult. And the confession is forced from us. We know not how to pray as we ought. In Romans 8, it says that. It says, it is true we have God's word with its clear and sure promises, but sin has so darkened our mind that we know not always how to apply the word. In spiritual things, we do not always seek the most needful things or fail in praying according to the law of the sanctuary. He goes on to say that in temporal things, in temporary things, we are still less able to avail ourselves of the wonderful liberty our Father has given us to ask what we need. And even when we know what to ask, how much there is still needed to make prayer acceptable. He keeps going. It must be to the glory of God in full surrender to His will, in full assurance of faith in the name of Jesus, and with a perseverance that, if need be, refuses to be denied. All of this must be learned. It can only be learned in the school of much prayer, for practice makes perfect. Amid the painful consciousness of ignorance and unworthiness, and the struggle between believing and doubting, the heavenly art of effectual prayer is learned. Because even when we do not remember it, there is one, the beginner and finisher of faith and prayer, who watches over our praying and sees to it that in all who trust him for it in their education in the school of prayer shall be carried on to perfection. And then he closes out with this. Let but the deep undertone of all of our prayer be the teachable that comes from a sense of ignorance and from faith in him as a perfect teacher. And we may be sure we shall be taught. We shall learn to pray in power. Yes, we may depend upon it. He teaches to pray. So for me, I know that was long. I know we might need to chew on that for a second. God wants to teach us how to pray. God wants to essentially enroll us in prayer. Um, he, he wants to give us the opportunity to learn how to pray. So, prayer is meant to be a practical skill here. Let's go ahead and over to Matthew 6. Let's switch on over to Matthew 6. Uh, I'm just going to read this passage. Um, we are slowly running out of time, or quickly running out of time. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to read this passage and then just spend some time in prayer here, um, as I didn't get to half my lesson. But um, let's read Matthew 6. We're going to go 5 through 13. Um, what this is, this is another perspective of the same thing. So this is the same situation that's going down where the disciples are saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And in Matthew 6, he says these things. So, okay, this is a Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has gathered people around. His disciples are near him, but also the crowd is near him. And he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not, empty up, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. 
for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So how I want us to spend the next few minutes is, uh, and we're going to go into this passage in depth during our summer group. Um, But let's just spend the next time. This is a real simple lesson. The reason that we're starting simple here is because we have to be able to say, okay, I need to learn how to pray and God needs to teach me. Let's start there. So what we're going to do, we might put on some music or something, but we're going to give you a second to pray um, with either yourself or with your buddies next to you. And we're just going to collectively say, God, will you you teach us how to pray? Will you, as a community here, will you give us, will you allow us to say, God, you have room in our lives to teach us how to pray this summer? We're giving you that authority. This is a real simple lesson. Um, But we're giving him there. And then that's going to allow us um, to go ahead and um, build on that. We've got to build on that. So before we get into more of the elements of prayer, uh, we've got to start here. Are we willing to be taught? And that's a question we have to answer. Um, so let's just go ahead and break into some prayer groups here. And then I'm going to close us in prayer. Cool? All right. Y'all go ahead and let's break into some groups. I'll come back there and help you. <laughs>
Oh God, we um, we just ask real simply, Lord, that you um, that we give you space in our heart for you to, to be our teacher in prayer. And God, I I pray that the inward part of our life becomes a priority. Um, Lord, that we understand that our we just want to meet with you to be in fellowship with you. Um, so Lord, we, help us to be intentional. If there are some practical things we need to do in order to create time in our day, um, to have concentrated times with you in prayer, uh, may we do that. God, if there are things that we need to do to create a more rhythmic pattern of praying with you throughout our day, may we do that. Um, God, the goal of all this is not trying harder, it's to, to know you. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray for the person that feels like um, prayer has been a, a duty or prayer has been a burden. Um, Lord, may they may they begin to regard it as the highest privilege in life, as a joy and as a blessing. God, for all those who are discouraged, will you encourage them? Uh, especially when we don't know what to say. Uh, God, will you give us understanding that only comes from you, from giving ourselves to you? God, we believe that you are the one who has all things to give. And as we give ourselves to you, you, you delight to give yourself to us. Um, God, as we are with you in secret, as we're doing your work, as we are spending time with you, may it be refreshing to our soul. May our, um, our faith be, re- be renewed. Uh, may our prayers or not be like the hypocrites that are full of empty phrases, God. May our prayers be genuine. Um, and so, Father, I pray for the person who spent their whole life praying, feels really confident in their prayer ability, God, you teach them. Uh, I pray for the person who is like, i got to be honest, not really comfortable praying out loud, God, will you teach them. Um, and we, we, we just give you room in our lives to teach in, with humility. So, Lord, um, thank you that you are our teacher of prayer. In your name, amen.